a small business owner from Brooklyn, New York, on episode 30 of Go My guest today is an influential beverage magnet and the founding partner of Tiny Kitchen Brands, whose cup and compass line of artisanal teas and lemonades can be found at restaurants all over the American Northeast, including Bear Burger, Dos Toros, and Mayhem and Stout. He is a native of Siesta Key, Florida, now residing in the epicenter of Holier Than Thou in Brooklyn's Williamsburg. I recently had the privilege of attending his magnificent wedding in the not-at-all-racially-troubled city of St. Louis, Missouri. Whenever we see each other in between gentle attempts at character assassination, we usually find time to philosophize, and I remember again why he's such an Adonis of friendship. He is the licentious liaison and the principled prior. Please molest a farm animal for my good friend, Mr. Philip David Krause. Wow. Thanks, Lev. <laughs> I appreciate it. That was that was that was that was pretty nice, man. Um, thanks so much. It's great to to get to get on the pod finally. I've, uh, I feel like I'm the you know one of the three people who listen to this, so it's it's cool to actually get on it. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if listenership's going to be down because you you're not going to listen to yourself, <laughs> are you? But I, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But seriously, how many people are listening to this? Do you, do you know? <laughs> like, can you? Can you actually find that out? It's a very special episode of the podcast, and I know you're thinking, of course, I'm here. But uh, actually, this is episode number 30, which is a pretty serious milestone. Yeah. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I know, for one, I didn't think we'd get past five. I thought I would have killed myself or a Japanese civilian. But, God. Seriously, did you? when you started it, did you think you would actually make it through the end of the year? God, that's such a good question. I mean, I, I probably would have told you I would have, but then if I'd thought about it, I would have said, like, no, I don't know. Honestly, when I started it, it was really just like, fuck, there is nothing. Oh, God, I need to talk to somebody, even if it's a fucking machine. I just, I need to get out some of these confusing thoughts that are roaming around inside this crazy mind of mine. Now it's more just like, hey, I have an excuse to talk to Phil for 30 minutes, you know? Yeah. But when I first started it, there was a real sense, a palpable sense of, oh, boy, what did I get myself into? Yeah, I mean, and, and so you've done 30 now over the course of about a year so do you typically kind of do them in lumps or is it has it been pretty regular like once a week once every two weeks how how have you kind of knocked them out oh this is great this is like behind the podcast conversations this is exactly what people this is what the audience has been asking for we're so successful (laughs) at this point that we are ready to do meta episodes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I listen to I'm a I'm a consumer of podcasts, so I'm just kinda curious about kind of yeah, you know, sure. making it and the, the intent behind it. Sure. I mean the ones that I do that are like just me, I sort of I have like an email in my inbox which is just like ideas for the next podcast that's solo. I'll just accumulate them and yeah. then whenever I feel like I got a bunch, I'll do them. As far as episodes with people, I try and schedule them a couple at a time and then it usually takes me a solid like hour and a half to 2 hours per episode to edit them to make them not yeah. be boring like Because you'd be surprised. I mean, you and I are going to talk a lot longer than the episode's going to be, and you're going to be done with our phone conversation and be like, what the fuck? That's going to be a horrible episode. Mm -hmm. And it will be pretty bad. But 
It's going to be listenable. Huh? <laughs> Before I came, everybody was like, you got to do a blog, man. You, oh, you got to put up a blog. And I'm just like kind of an OCD writer where I felt like I would never actually like finish a thought. Like it would just never be good enough. I wouldn't be satisfied with what I was saying or like I wouldn't be satisfied the, with the way I said it. I would want it to be funnier or smarter or more informed or whatever. And with the podcast, it's more kind of free flowing and I can be as ignorant as I want to be which is the title of my forthcoming memoir, you know, I kind of, and it's, it's kind of loose and I get an excuse to kind of catch up with a lot of people. And, and, uh, I'm curious, um, do you think you will continue to do it when you move back? I think we're going to do a, a cliffhanger episode of go for Gaijin where I get shot and then <laughs> it'll never be resolved. No, I don't, I don't think, cause I think the idea of go for Gaijin is, I'm a right. clueless white guy in Japan, but I wouldn't rule out the possibility of me doing a podcast again. What do you do that, that people find funny in Japan? I got some go-to I- material that I, I roll with when I'm meeting strangers. At some point, they'll ask me, they'll just like assume or they'll ask me what I do, but usually they just assume like, Eigo no sensei just caught you're an English teacher. And I'm always like, and then I tell them, and it's like so then one side they like because you're supposed to refer to lawyers as like an honorific here like a lawyer is a sensei so i'm technically sensei eric because i'm a lawyer but immediately i try and kind of like blow their whole mind and i'm just like demo Hunto ni aware to ayashi to futoi to gehin to yabana aho na ketsu amerika jin desu. So I just said, but really, I'm a, but really, I'm a pathetic, fat, vulgar, (laughs) barbaric. Stupid ass American, and that that gets a laugh. Do you think it's the self-deprecating stuff that they? Find yeah, they they respond. That you, they respond that you, to that self-deprecating. You have a, you know, that you're you're ridiculous, and that you're you know you you don't really know the language, and you're probably you know hacking it grammatically, and your accent <laughs> is really funny. A little bit I of mean, all of that. Right? A little bit of all of that. Be, um, but I I mean I awesome, I like man. I've found some things that kind of make people laugh. Calling myself bald always works. That's always hilarious to them. <laughs> Before we get too far off topic, I, I really want to talk to yeah, you yeah. about Japanese beverages. Sure, yeah, I want to, I want to hear about them. There's a specialty um, Japanese grocery store that's really close to my apartment in Williamsburg. So I have gotten to see some pretty authentic and interesting stuff, like a uh, an oyster stout beer. And they also have this, rather than having a cold case, they have a hot case for canned beverage products, which I find really interesting. Um, so I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about some of the stuff that you've seen over there. I was actually, I was going to talk to you about canned coffee coffee there's so many of them and they're all in the vending machines i don't i don't drink coffee it's like the one vice i've avoided in life but people seem to really like them have you had one of those or no i haven't had the hot canned so so is that coffee does it come out hot in the can yeah it comes out of the vending machine hot yeah um but you actually haven't even tasted it no i don't drink coffee phil did you know that about me i didn't and why why is that why don't why don't you do that I'm, i'm drinking a cup right now actually well, I'm just such a devout supporter of Cup and Compass that I refuse to drink something you guys don't make. Thanks, dude. Well, we, I, you know, I do think uh, coffee could be in our medium-term future, so that might 
you know, you might have to try it out when we do launch one. Medium term. Are you one of those people who orders eggs over hard? Are you one of those guys who <laughs> insists? No, I'm, I'm not one of those guys. Have you ever um, heard of, have you ever heard but, of Calpis? Uh, no. What is that? That's oh, yeah. Calpis. Yeah. C-A-L. No, no, no. C-A-L-P-I-S. I'm not making a joke about the urine of bovine. Oh, it's a yogurty. No, I'm not familiar It's right. a yogurty drink it they have a carbonated one and a non-carbonated one it's huge here oh jeez can you uh endorse it i won't not endorse it uh they drink it after like spicy food or like as a chaser but sometimes they oh, mix gosh. the carbonated one with booze which i can't get too involved in yeah i actually i wanted to ask you a little bit about the drinking culture uh, in Japan, because I, I visited Japan uh, a couple years back, we were visiting somebody who's on the jet program, um, and we got hosted to a dinner. And the guy who hosted us had a couple beers, and he got really flush. And I mean, he was like about to pass out. I, I don't know. Like, is what is the drinking culture like? I mean, are you going out all the time with folks that you've met in Japan? I try and hang out with my Japanese friends as much as possible because they're a lot more fun than the foreigner friends. Not necessarily fun, I shouldn't say that, but they're a lot more interesting. It's a new experience. Your buddy, the guy who, you know, his face was turning red, he just sounds like what I think Japanese people would not actually call, but I would call a pussy. Because the Japanese okay. can really, they can hold their own here, man. I Got mean, it. They're, they're, maybe the, the face flushing thing does happen. I have met a couple Japanese dudes who just like flat out, they don't drink like they're allergic to alcohol. Which I thought is just something freshman it, girls say when they're really hungover, but evidently that's a real thing. That's actually that's actually a real thing. And people are, I mean, what are the drinks of choice? I mean, people are drinking beer, whiskey. I mean, it sounds like there's a couple of more exotic drinks. What what do people typically order? People definitely get after. I mean, Japanese whiskey's great. People get after shochu. Chuhai is like a sweet carbonated like canned beverage you can get everywhere some of them are three percent alcohol some of them are like six and it's mix of that shochu liquor and like a fruit and that's like grown men will drink that zima's actually quite big here among young people what i'm serious among men zima? and women among men and women mike's mike's hard <laughs> lemonade is also big i swear on my life this is true what is, what is, what is zima <laughs> i mean is it is it like a just like a fruit neutral spirit and fruit Drink what I, don't I know even you know what Zima is. I know you studied marketing, but I didn't realize you were this good. You may have just inadvertently come up with next year's tagline for Zima. What is Zima? <laughs> Roll, I picture rolls a, off the tongue. Yeah, I picture a like co ed young couple, you know, on the beach and they like look out on the sand <laughs> and they kind of look at each other and then we cut to their clothes on the beach and they're sipping a Zima while they're skinny dipping. The narrator says what is Zima? I think I think it works, man. Honestly, have you have you ordered a Zima? Have you consumed a Zima in a in a, in a public place? Instead of drinking Zima, I just went ahead and blew a dude. <laughs> okay, good. That no, works too. I, I haven't. Uh, I have not. I've yet to ever order a Zima in a bar. No, I mean, look, they obviously drink a bunch of Japanese stuff too. They're drinking shochu. Sake is not, you know, something people would really like party with. They would definitely drink it with dinner, but it would be. I haven't seen people right. like in bars like, hey, let me get, you know. So you're a business guy. I wanted to talk to you about what happened to me with this Japanese uh, food website, Tabelog. Taberu is the okay. verb for to eat and blog, obviously. So it's a combination of. Taberu and blog. It's called Tabe Log. T A B E L O G. They've recently launched in the United States, and I hope they fail miserably. Here's why. So their Japanese website 
is just like, it's like Yelp, basically, but people can post pictures. I think it's a little bit less sketchy than Yelp, and it's it's solely focused on restaurants. There are a couple restaurants in my neighborhood where I'm on a first-name basis with the folks who work there, and those guys are awesome, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write an English-language review on Tabalog. So I joined the site under considerable duress to join the site because I have to, like, you know, I'm using Google Chrome with Translate, and then I got to figure out how to put the lettering in in Japanese to create a username and all this stuff. So I joined the site. I I write two long, very positive reviews for two restaurants, Kitaro Zushi in America Mura and Trebon, also in America Mura, both terrific restaurants. The first, a sushi restaurant that's only open from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. And the latter is a teppanyaki restaurant, a really small place, only like 10 seats, awesome spot. They're both wonderful. Is is, is this this an endorsement right here? Is this like ads right now or this is... These are my first uh, first sponsors. (laughs) Hey, are you a gaijin out there looking for some new lube? May I recommend (laughs) Doyo Doga Guy? So I get an email from these guys in completely in Japanese, which is basically like you need to translate your review into Japanese or we can't post it. So I write back, I don't speak Japanese. I mean, I'm just going to use Google Translate. I wrote like a long response to them, which is basically like, if that's really your rule, you should change it. That's a stupid rule. You've just launched in the United States. Why don't you think Gaijin would want to eat at restaurants? People who speak English might want to also go to restaurants wouldn't they and their argument was basically that the website is japanese and it's like japanese people aren't gonna like see english on a website and be like we better leave i think this site's got some english speaking folks on it clearly this website's no longer meant for us but so anyways we exchanged a couple emails and they basically like insisted i do it so i posted the reviews in japanese which i'd used i wrote my english and translated it via google translate posted that and then underneath it posted my english and they said that was okay Okay, but I was like pretty livid about this. What's your opinion as a as a business guy as to what they're what they're doing here? Is there any? Am I wrong here? No, I don't think you're wrong. I I mean I I think it's hysterical. So so you but you actually got the post up there in the end with your hacked Japanese and then your English translation. You actually did get it on the website in the end. It is, I believe, to my knowledge, it is on the website. Are, are all the posts in Japanese? There there absolutely there are actually no English posts on there like, are on the on the website. I have yet to see an English post on yeah, the like how did you even know about the website if you can't or oh, you can translate it with Google so you're able to actually most restaurants don't have their own websites in this country. That's Mo- wild. Did you relay this to the the restaurant tours who were you were endorsing did you tell them this story i tried telling it to my friends over at trayvon and they the 84 year old guy who kind of owns the place was just like he speaks a little english and he was like they always chewing my ass he's a good guy i don't think he really understood what i was talking about on your ability to communicate like how how proficient are you like are you like a seven-year-old boy proficient or is it like how well can you communicate i would say i am conversational there are very few things that i'm not able to articulate but if things get complex i just over 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 simplify them are you familiar with japanese business card culture (laughs) no not at all it's Um, it's very important uh, you got to pass the business card with two hands and receive it with two hands you can't just put it in your pocket people carry business card cases i'm talking like 
20-year-old people. This is not like only older dudes. So I went to this uh, Grateful Dead tribute band concert in August. I've, I've seen them a couple times. I'm now friends with the band because that's who I am and that's what I care about. But I, what's, I was at, what's their, what are they called? They're called what, the what Warlocks called? of Tokyo. <laughs> okay, that is fantastic. Anyway, so I'm at this uh, Grateful Dead tribute concert with uh, your friend and mine, Mr. Jimmy Dobson. And uh, there was this fucking like, for lack of a better term, Japanese retread hippie. You know, not the greatest teeth. Um, interesting hairstyle. Okay. So the dead never played Japan, by the way. So there's a small crew here who love them, but they they never really got to see him unless they went to the U.S. So this guy went and da da da. We were talking. Really nice guy, and he tells me that he has a business. So he hands me his business card, just like kind of hands it over one one handed. And so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna show this fucking dude up big time right now. So I pull out my business card from my Japanese company. And like basically fucking bow at like a 90 degree angle to this guy because he's much older <laughs> and fucking present the business card to him with two hands. And he was floored. There were like other hippies standing around who were blown away by this. It was just wonderful. Like, can you imagine a formal business card presentation at like a Grateful Dead tribute band like club show? That's what happened. Well, I can't I can't I can't imagine a formal business card presentation. I, I've never seen that. that the idea that is. So strange. I, I hate business cards. I can't stand carrying them around. I feel like it's so much more efficient to just give somebody your email address. I mean, before I moved to Japan, my my whole thing in my head was like, oh, man, it's going to be so futuristic. It's going to be like Blade Runner. Yeah. And then I got here right. and like I need to initiate like bank wire transfers to buy concert tickets over the Internet. And everybody's handing out business cards. There's like all sorts of stuff where it's like, wait, what? Yeah, it is really weird that way. I remember visiting and kind of feeling like some, you know, some elements were stuck in the, you know, 1980s. But then, you know, there were other things that did feel futuristic. Are you familiar with the onsen in Japan? Did you get to go to an onsen? The outdoor spas? Yeah, the naked baths. No. Some of them are indoors. Yeah, yeah. So I went, yeah. the first time I went was with uh, with a couple of my Japanese co-workers. And, okay. uh, you know, we were in Udeshino in Kyushu. And uh, suddenly I'm just focused on eye contact. Oh boy, eye contact. Eye contact. <laughs> right, right. And uh, right, right. I, I had a thought at the time that I've since sort of processed and it's transmogrified in my head. And I think, you know, we tend to attribute the Japanese svelte physique to all sorts of different things from diet to exercise to genetics. But quite honestly, I wonder if maybe just the fear of being fat shamed in front of their coworkers is the real reason why they're so skinny. Yeah, I, that is, uh, you know, I, I did go to the onsen while I was there. It's culturally something that just seems so so different um can you imagine getting naked in america no can you imagine yeah no definitely not um do you enjoy the experience overall like did you have you only been once or have you been been, a couple i've been a bunch i'm pretty much hooked on onsen now they are wonderful wonderful experiences one last quick quick question maybe it's quick you're answering it um (laughs) but i just was curious like as you are wrapping the you know your 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 trip up are there any things that you want to do in japan before you move back to the u.s great question there's a couple things that i wish i'd gotten to do that i won't be able to get to do but for the most part i've gotten to do almost everything one thing i really wanted to do was nagashi somen it's when you 
eat noodles that have been cooked and then they float downstream towards where you are and you pick them out of the water with like a net and then eat them that sounded really cool to me what? i wish where i could have done do that where can and you do it's that it's only available you... in the summertime in certain areas of japan i really wish i'd gotten to do that um there's an, an island where wild like feral rabbits live there used to be some kind of like a power plant or some kind of uh, manufacturing facility, something industrial there. And evidently these rabbits are not mutated as a result of that, but there's some conspiracies that they may be. Is the rabbit island, is that true? Is that real or did you make that up? No, no, that is 100% factually correct. And, and, and you, you're you allowed to go and visit and just kind of walk through? Yeah, I mean, through. the people live there. This, but they're just, there are rabbits everywhere? There are rabbits everywhere, from what I understand. There are a lot of areas of Japan where they have domesticated deer as well phil what all right man well thank you so much for coming on the podcast man i really really appreciate finally getting you on yeah thanks love i appreciate it man can i i i did i was hoping that i could say the final uh thing with you oh please you gotta tell me how to say it first all right arigato arigato gozaimashita arigato gozaimashita okay let's do it all right phil i just taught you how to do this i think we're ready to go phil thank you so much for coming on the podcast and to everybody for listening arigato gozaimashita how was that that was terrific and sayonara <laughs> sayonara sayonara you know that sayonara sayonara